Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Scale Modeling Podcast. Here, we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you, the listeners out there, for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detailed Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, Sprue Brothers, and Basis by Bill. Please have a look at their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now, buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bin sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hey, what's crack-a-lacking, model geeks? It's Frildo, and it is that time again for another episode of the MGPC. And for this episode, we're going to be a member down because the Opso Nemo went down in the chocks, and so he had a main rotor gearbox chips light. So he will not be joining us on this episode while he gets his gearbox fixed up. Yeah, chips, chip light. We ain't talking chips and salsa either. Nope, nope, not the, not, not the good one. Damn right. There's lots of metal on that plug. Yep. True story, sea story. I was supposed to go I was supposed to go flying with Scott one time. We had we were trying to make it work for months. And it was like the week before I was supposed to PCS out of Pax River down to Jacksonville. And he hits me up. He's like, Hey man, um you're flying with me tomorrow. We're doing the DC low level river run. And so he's like, make sure you bring a camera. So I was all excited, finally getting a ride in a helicopter. I always want to ride in a helicopter. And we go, we brief go out to the helicopter and they're doing pre-flight and main gearbox chips light. And they tried to fix it, tried to clear it, couldn't do it. Ended up scrubbing the flight, canceling, uh, canceling. And uh, I missed out on my helo flight. So I was kind of bummed. A chips light. That'll ruin your day for sure. You know, get them in P3s all the time. Or did. Yeah, but we got three other engines. (laughs) (laughs) Still ain't going flying on three. Yeah. It's true. My chip so, flight story with uh, P3s was uh, one of the, one got me stuck in Hawaii for two weeks, which that wasn't so bad to. Uh, no, darn. Wah, wah, wah. But on it, per diem, too. Yeah, per diem. But I mean, it was, you know, good for the rest of the crew. Me and the other FE, though, was, was stuck doing not an engine yep. change. You know, you would think, okay, let's do the quick engine change, right? Nah, that's about the time they change it to where, you know what? We changed the gearbox. And so we would change. Well, that's what I was going to say. The the chip detector is usually for like the accessory drive, the gearbox, or in this case with the helo, the main main rotor or the uh, intermediate gearbox or something like that, right? Not necessarily the engine itself. Yeah. Well, for the, um, yeah. Cause we didn't have a chip slide for the engine. It was just for the, the, it was just for the gearbox. The gearbox. Yeah. Yeah. If something was coming apart in there, it would uh, collect on the pickup and bring your light on for you. Yeah, we we pulled the plug on that one. It was me, uh, me and uh, me and my buddy Matt, and uh, th- there was no kidding chunks coming out of there, man. That thing was gone. Yeah, if if the layman out there, the, the civilians out there, could ever see one of those uh, from one of their airliners come out, I bet you know, nine times out of ten they look like a porcupine. <laughs> They've yeah, got oh, little metal yeah. shavings all over them. It's amazing how much uh, metal wears and floats through that oil and gets stuck to those little magnetic pickups, man. 
here's another bonus C story. Um, on my first deployment, I had just gotten qualified and we did a two week debt to Korea working with the Koreans. And we were doing a flight, taking both our birds, we're doing stuff with the Korean South, with, with the South Koreans and the other airplane, um, the astronaut that is up on the space station right now, Josh Cassida was in my squadron and he was a young Lieutenant at the time. And uh, he was the PPC on the other flight and they were flying along doing their thing and they got a chips light. And when he looked over and asked the FE, we got any secondaries. The FE said, Oh, you want secondaries? I'll give you secondaries. And he grabbed the number one power lever and started going revving it and pulling it back, pushing it forward, pulling it back. Next thing, uh, all pump lights were coming on and the gearbox did actually consume itself. So they had to come back and do a three engine landing and they looked at it, had to do an RGB change. And so my crew, we had to get back to Masawa and it was only like a hour and a half long flight. And my other FE who was with me was a full systems QAR. So he could do the, uh, the prop breakaway torques and stuff. So the QA representation to do the gearbox change. So he stayed behind for that. And I got to take my crew back to Masao. And that's how I got my cherry buster for flying by myself as a, for, as the only FE. What'd they do to the FE who induced those secondaries? Nothing. (laughs) Nope. I think it was, it was, but what what they had, it was coming apart anyway. Yeah, it w- yeah, would have come come around eventually, but yeah, but yeah, no, they didn't do anything to them. But it was like it was kind of yeah. funny looking back on it, you know. And you want secondaries? I'll give you secondaries. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's up, man? What you guys up to? Uh, recovering from yesterday's show. It was good, even though Nemo came up from Jacks to make it. So all the geeks were there. I had a lot of damn fun yesterday. It was a long, long, long day though. My it goodness was. gracious. I mean, what we, I left here at like six 30 in the morning, um, and did get home until almost eight thirty, nine o'clock last night, man. It was, it was just a long day. And, and let me tell you, my feet were telling me it was a long day when I, oh, got I know, back, man. man, holy bejeebus. Where'd you guys almost- end up stopping for dinner afterwards? We stopped a little Mexican food place on the way home there in Dahlgren. Oh, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah, had a nice All dinner. All right, so you made, that's pretty good. Yeah. I had a nice dinner with El Presidente and uh, a couple of the other club members and, you know, headed so on to the house. question here, folks, is the, uh, yesterday was the Old Dominion Open down there in Richmond. Good show. Awesome. Awesome show. show. Uh, you know, we have all, we, we've said several different times that we, uh, we we compare that, and, and we say it's a mini Nats. Now, I know we've said that amongst ourselves several, several times, but I probably heard three or four different people yesterday make that same comparison, mini Nats, and it is. And holy balls, man, the the quality of work that's on the tables yesterday. I mean, we all judged. Oh, yeah. What was, the final, uh, what was the final count on, on models on the table? Was it nine-something? Yeah, it was like yeah. nine sixty four, nine sixty three, something like that. They were just shy of a thousand. That's pretty wild for a one day show. In in over seven hundred walk ins. Yes, that's not competitors. That's walk ins. Just come wow. on, man. Yeah. One of the things I noticed too was the group of Gundam modelers that were there. Huge. I mean, the tables were full of like Gundams. I was like, I couldn't believe like how many. I was like, man. Yeah, that was a large large footprint for them guys. Sure was. 
it was huge. You know, it's a, that's a, that's a huge, huge genre. It's coming up quick, man. And I will, there was some neat stuff on the tables that in sci-fi, there's some really great sci-fi stuff on the tables too. Yep. And that Gundam stuff, they even had guys who would judge the Gundam stuff because, which is good because we know nothing about how to judge Gundams. Yeah. And if any of those guys are out there listening, come to PaxCon and, uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, do, no the, do the honest for us. <clears throat> no kidding. I was saying last night when we were kind of, uh, you know, we had uh, Justin and Gabe asking us how we did in the show and all that kind of stuff, and yeah. just asking us about the show. And I was like, you know, that that could be a two day show. That thing. I I know, I know the IPMS Richmond's folks don't want to hear that because that, it's a lot of work, of course. But yeah. I feel like. Um, I mean, the day just it went by so fast. You know, we we get there, you, first show of the season for, for this region pretty much. Uh, so you run into all your old buddies. Uh, it was a good two hours before I'm even able to start looking around at stuff because, you know, I'm catching up with people. And, yeah, man. And you, you roll into grabbing something for lunch and then hitting, you know, like we didn't even get to go do the Chewy's thing because, you know, we did volunteer to judge, which is uh, um, the right thing to do. And it worked out great because the judging process went really fast in my opinion. It really did. It did. I will say, uh, Glenn Martin, he uh, he had the aircraft guys, like, pretty fine-tuned, dialed in, had it, his system was down. And, yeah, I think we knocked out all the aircraft judging in about an hour, I think it was. I think yeah, all it was aircraft quick. categories were judged yeah, in it was, an hour. it was fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was, was really, good. really quick and, uh, and smooth. You know, everybody... Yes. You know, and that's what we need at, at more of these these shows is is folks to step up to the plate and judge because it just it makes the show go so much quicker, faster. And so now I would like to put the challenge out there to the rest of the genres out there, the car guys and and, and the armor guys, because now now also there was there was a ton of stuff on those tables. I I could not believe how much car stuff was out, out there, mm-hmm. automotive stuff. But uh, the more people that have volunteering, the faster it goes. You know. Yeah, so. and you know it too. And judging too is a great way to help improve your skills as well. Absolutely, because you hear what what is being looked at. You know what I mean? You hear f- straight from the judges what they're looking for when they judge a model. You know, and that's... take notes and like, okay, I got to work on this. I got to do this. Make sure I do this, and it just makes you a better a better modeler in return. You know, I I had made the comment when I walked in there, uh, and and I think I told you all the same. I only took two two entries and I just, I wasn't feeling it. And I told, I think I told everybody I was expecting a skunk. I didn't, you know, and, and that's fine. Right. It's like you said, Frill, it's about going and really hooking up with your old buddies and, yeah. and seeing what else is on the tables. I mean, we all know that's what the contest, oh, I know, at least I can speak for me is that's what it's all about. It's just and, and being inspired by the other bills. But Victor, who it, this, this was his first show. He, and he, he asked a question at dinner last night. And it kind of took me off guard. It was a great question. It's like, at what point do you do you start to realize that you're competitive or you're not? And I'm like, hmm. I my first inkling was to say, I don't think you ever do, right? That's a, the little piece of humility I try and carry in my body. You never think that you're competitive. But the more I thought about it, I went back to the judging. And I said, you know, Victor, that's a great question. And I, I didn't really have an answer for you, but now I do. And that is. When you start to judge, when you start to judge, now you walk and you see the table through a different set of eyes 
as you're walking through. And now you can start comparing your work to those. And that's really, Dave Knight says it over on the old, uh, on the mojo. What are you going to do to get better? I would wholeheartedly say, start judging. (laughs) If you want to get better, start judging, you know, because you're going to see it. You're going to see what they're looking for. Uh, And then, then start asking questions of those that are putting that good stuff on the table. So anyway. I mean, that's a good answer. Personally, I don't look at that as being that that hasn't made me, quote, competitive because I I mean, I know what they want. I know what they're looking for and all that kind of stuff. If you judge enough, I don't like uh, the word competitive, but but, but you know what I mean? Personally, I don't walk in there with the intent of, oh, yeah, there's old Chris Dirks over there. I'm going to beat him today, man. Right, right, (laughs) right. Yeah, yeah. Competitive is probably the wrong way of putting it. It, Yeah. um, I mean, but, I mean, I'll caveat, there are, and we've talked about this before, everyone has, there are guys out there that that's why they build. Oh, absolutely. They want to go to shows and win contests, and that's, hey, have at it, man. Um, Well, at the same time, though, if you put a model on a competition table, you are, in fact, being competitive. you are. Well, you are. You I mean, are. not to like, I think but, there's levels to it. You know, you're not like one of those guys. Okay. I got to build this model for this show. You're just like, like us, you know, majority of us, we build a model, put it out there. If it wins great, if not, all right. Hey, you know, it happens. But, Them's the but, yeah. And I mean, I think go, it, going back to Darren, your point there about, you know, you, you, looking at stuff through judges eyes. Um, you know, I certainly recognize that too. And I can be sitting here building or working on a project make a mistake and it rings and and, and the old ding goes off in my head right there. I'm like, Oh, that's, that, that's not gonna, that's not gonna work on a competition table. And sometimes I'll live with the mistake and move on or other times I'll stop and, uh, do a little Dave Knight's negative modeling and, um, and fix it. And am I fixing it because of the competition or am I exactly because of my next question? I don't know. You know, yeah. Uh, fine line there, I suppose. So I I think at that point now you're, you're starting to say, well, are you building for to compete or are you building for fun? And yeah, you know, like I'm I'm building for fun, but I definitely have our perfectionists. Yeah. Um, And it's your standard as well. You know, the standard you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. So that comes back to the, what you're doing to get better. And, and that's where the judging comes in to help you get better. And of course you got to follow that up with communication or, you know, or education. And that's talking to folks to ask how they did that. Mm-hmm. You know, for you've, you've come back in the past and said, seem, how the hell do you get rid of that? And your buddy, uh, when I said, well, you got to sand that stuff. Yeah. Man. He's like, yeah, sand that thing. I like sand yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah so here, let me show you. And I was like, it's oh. asking, it's asking yep. the questions. It's standing back and, and, being humble enough to say, I don't know, right? Because we don't know yeah. what we don't know. And asking the question about, well, how do you do that? I mean, I've Scott has said this a uh, hundred times. Uh, come on over to the house, and I'll show you how I did this and do that. I'm like, okay, sign me up, please. <laughs> and yeah. I mean, I at one point had that. How do you do RBF tags? I don't know, you know. There's no publication out there that says RBF tags 101. There's no class. You know, you got to ask the question. <laughs> so, anyhow, yep. judging, yep. going yep. back to it now that we're down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Do it at least <sighs> once. Get a different perspective on things. Yeah. OJT, just go back there and watch and see how it goes. They're going to put you up there and say, look, what do you see? You know? Did um, either of you guys have any OJT folks in your crew? Did not. 
No, but Victor came up to me afterwards and was asking me like, so how do you, cause he's like the cop, he's like, the models are all good. He's like, how do you go through and, you know, and I was like, all right, come here, I'll show you. And I was like, this is what we, I judge this category and this is what we did. This is what we use in our determination. So I showed him, you know, how, like I told him how I do it. You know, I give a quick, like 10,000 foot view of the air, you know, just kind of getting an eye for anything that stands out to me. And then you just go down and you start looking at each model and you look at the whole model, you know, and you start, you know, taking note of what you notice and the way we do it. And like with my judging teams, I won't say anything what I noticed and everybody, you know, someone else will look at it Same and they don't, we don't say anything until the end. And we say, okay, what about this one? And if we don't say anything, okay. You know, and we, and we, and you just whittle it down. And I was showing what things to look for. And there were some examples on the table that drove that point home perfectly. And I was showing him what you have to look for. And he looked at me and he was like, man, you have to get into the details. And I was like, yeah, especially I was like, wait till you go to a Nats and you judge it in Nats. I mean, there are phenomenal models at the Nationals and you have to get down into those weeds and start because you got to delineate a first, second, third. And you'll have a category. We, we have all seen it. Where every model could be a first would be a first yep. place model in another contest, hands down. But you've got to be that guy, and you got to go through, and you've got to start determining a first, second, and third. Yeah. So anyway, enough about that. You know, what are you guys working on now? Now that we're we just came out of our first show of the season, I know why you sent a picture earlier of his cleared off workbench. Yeah, you got that F thirty five done. F thirty five. I fit well. Yeah. Beautiful. Thursday night before the show, I, I was getting the missiles glued on. And actually, Friday afternoon, I left work. Uh, you know, I typically punch out of work about noon on Friday. Yeah, I think I ran into here, Friday I, afternoon. Um, I had the pilot figure to finish up. And, you know, that wasn't really necessary for the build, but I was like, all right, but I wanted it in there. So I was like, all right, let me. So Saturday, Friday afternoon, I spent finishing up painting on the pilot and got everything, quote, finished. I'd still like to streak it up somewhat, some oils. I never even, I never got to that point. I just, I did a little bit of um, weathering on it, but um, maybe later on I'll. It's I'll an do Air some Force oil. jet. Uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you. Norwegian Air Force, but. Yeah, um, it's pretty clean anyway. Yeah, they're pretty clean. Um, I don't know. I'll see. Maybe a little underside streaking is all. Um, yeah, I walked up. Yeah, I could, I could still that. smell fresh paint when I walked up on it. Uh, Probably, the, on man. The it was still off gassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, as far as in work right now, I don't have anything on the bench. I do have um, now our club display was out there yesterday. Uh, the Japanese, um, what's the official title? Not It's not, not, a zero, not right? another zero. Not yeah. another zero. So anything Japanese in uh, 72nd scale. And not a zero. And project for that was, uh, is the Mavis flying boat. Uh, so that's what I'll probably, I started into that. While I was waiting for paint to dry on the F-35, I kind of dabbled with that thing, uh, but never got – Yeah, I, didn't, I knew I was going to make the deadline for yesterday's show, um, but I'd like to have it done for Fairfax. So I'll, I'll get rolling on that and get it completed. D-Ran, so what you well, working on now? Well, look, I've got a couple deadlines on some stuff that I've got to get finished. Uh, the first one is the Musaru Cup build. Um, oh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks, it, isn't it? It is got uh, my uh, email from the uh, head Musaru Cup Wrangler today with the uh, 
naming convention for the photos and what they're expecting. Um, that is due uh, by the stroke of midnight on the 11th of March. So am I going to make it? Yep. I got just a few oh, little things left to do. Um, yeah, you're well held, well ahead of the curve. Yeah, I've got to get some. Well, some guys are done. You know, you, you, Dave and those guys down there, uh, Ian actually on the, on the benches is, is finished. Um, I think uh, Will over at Skill, uh, or the uh, Sprue Cutters Union, is uh, finishing his up. He's about done putting the wheels on, I believe it was. I've got, you know, so that's what I'm down to is the fiddly stuff. I got to put the landing gear doors on, the flaps, the work the wheels a little bit the clear parts and some uh, touch-up weathering but i'll make it uh unfortunately i'm leaving tomorrow morning uh for uh the week for work so it's really only going to give me a weekend when i get back to get it finished so i'm gonna of course i'll be scrambling at that point but i've also got another deadline and that was for my uh my morgan three-wheeler that iceman collection sent over for that uh that group bill they wanted us to do for his uh, march release and on that one, I'm I'm about done. Um, I did tip my hand at a little bit of homemade decal making. Thanks, Whitey, for that tutorial that you gave me. Uh, we were looking at the uh, NASCAR uh, decals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's worked out well. Uh, but I still got some clear to do and some polishing and, you know, some detail work uh, to and then button that up. So, and I can safely say that once those two projects are completed, I'm back on the H60 and I'm not stopping until that thing is done. All right. I'm going to start one at a time. I got to slow my roll, man. I'm just losing my, losing my mind. What, <laughs> hold about, the, what the about March Madness? You're not going to do the March Madness? No, I'm not doing March Madness. <laughs> March Madness is me completing my H60. Good, 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 good word. Yeah. That's, actually, um, actually, what I could say is the res kit rotor head that I have, that kit will be my March Madness kit. Yeah, right. There well, you go. It is a kit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I, actually, I'll do two kits, March Madness. I'll do the tail rotor and the main rotor. <laughs> so, but no, I'm, I'm, I got to focus. Uh, did I mention there's a national Adderall shortage? Can't, I can't get that stuff. There's squirrels everywhere and I'm just bouncing all over the damn place. <laughs> Can't, can't focus man i can't focus but uh anyhow those are the things that are on my desk and you know you guys could see over i've cleaned off i've got had yeah, to clean up my, clean up my area guys. i gotta clean up my area and get ready to go um so yeah that's me that's what i'm working on well for me when we're done recording i am going to clear I'm going to organize this bench of mine because no, I you're crap not. everywhere. And I hate doing that because Why you get into a build nope. <laughs> and you have stuff everywhere and you run out and like, man, I need to clear some rooms. So I'm going to clean, organize this thing up real good so I can get, um, try and get my, the club build, the not another zero, my KI 51 Sonia. It's all together. I just got to wipe it down and glue the canopies on, prime it and start painting it. So you'll be ready for Fairfax. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, I'll definitely have it ready for Fairfax. I was kind of hoping to get it done for Richmond, the ODO, but my hip surgery kind of threw a wrench into all that. So you got to show uh, us a picture of the bench when you're done cleaning it. I will. I am. Post it on the shack. I will. 
I'll show you what Frodo's bench looks like now. Boom, it's nice and cleared off. Organized so I can get to doing some building. And uh, working on my um, Model Geeks podcast, Group Build, my mid-killer, the Academy F4B. Uh, got the intakes all sanded, painted, and working on the cockpit to finish it up. And I can start closing that fuselage up. And I have to admit, it's not a bad little kit, man. That Academy F4? Yeah, man. You uh, not a bad the house the other day, and that the cockpit looks real good, man. Oh, and thanks. Well, now, what were the, the decals that you used on it? Who's were those? They, yeah, they were furball. Like, everybody knows I hate doing cockpits. I suck at it. That's why I hate doing it. But I've gotten better. But the instrument panel on the Phantom, like the way the Academy wanted you to do it, they wanted you to paint whole sections black, and that's not how it was. And so I got to looking around, and I saw that I had from Furball Aero Design, he made decals size for the Academy kit for the F4B in JNS cockpit detail set. And in there, it has the instrument panels, it has the side consoles, and it also has decals to put on the rudder pedals to because the kit rudder pedals are solid. And on the real thing, they're hollowed out in sections, you know, like a like a grid pattern kind of on the rudder pedals. Yeah. And he gives you the decals for that to put on there. Oh wow. As well as a few decals for the rio's right sidewall and i was like oh cool i'll try that and those things i will hat is off to jeff martin over at furball aero design because all i did was i painted the the cockpit and instrument panels with mrp um i forgot the number of it but they're um dark gold gray standard navy interior and i used that because it, i knew i was going to use the decals and it has a semi-gloss to a almost a gloss finish to it. So that way I didn't have to worry about putting anything else down. I let God it dry. MRP. And those suckers fit that instrument panel and those cockpit sidewalls perfectly. I mean, I just lined it up and I hit it with the nuclear option right away, the, uh, the solver set. And they sucked right down and went down over top of all the raised detail perfectly. And then I just flat coated it with a coated testers dull coat. And I took some Tamiya X22 clear. I did all my dials. I let it sit. And then, boom, I'm about to go put a wash around everything. And the cockpit will be done. So if you can find them, I think they're sold out now. But you might be able to find them on eBay. But those... uh. Furball Aero Design F4 cockpit placards are, are details. And they're made specifically for the Academy kits? Yes. Yep. Okay. So it's designed for the Academy kit. Gotcha. Yep. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Jeff while we're on that topic, though, because, you know, he was yes. one of the fellas we ran into yesterday at the show. Good to see you, Jeff. Um, he wasn't vending at the show, uh, unfortunately. As a civilian, as he said. Uh, he was there, yeah, as a civilian. <laughs> um, but he did, um, you know, prior to, he, you know, he asked us, hey, is there anything you guys need? And, I, and of course, I want a sheet of those P8 decals from him that he just uh, did. So he, he hand-carried a, a set of those for me. Uh, so thanks very much on that, Jeff. Uh, they look fantastic. That's a, a kid I really want to get jumped into real, you know, probably, I don't know, man, when – I got to do the F8 for the mid killer build first. Uh, so, so probably after that. Uh, but thanks, Jeff, for that. Good to see you, too. Yep. And throughout the week, I was talking with Jeff about it because he was, like, talking, you know, doing the decals on his. And we were talking. He was telling me about some of the issues he had when he built his. So I took mine out and started tinkering around with it. 
and I had to stop because I was finding myself wanting to like start working on that. And so I put it aside. I've been writing notes down where everybody's been saying, and uh, hopefully here in a little bit, I will, uh, I'll get back on that and um, get working on that. Cause I kind of want to have a, a PA. Cause I think I'm going to do the VX 20 951. Yeah. Oh yeah. The one that I, uh, the one that I flew on. Cause that way, you know, and just leave, don't worry about the weapons bay because Res Kit is coming out of the weapons bay for that thing at some point. I liked Brent's idea about posing it in yes. flight with the T2 yes. Chase Bird. Now, because who makes, Wolfpack, who makes decals for the, yeah, the Wolfpack kit? Wolfpack right. makes the kit, and in that kit, because toward the end of the T2's service time with VX 20 as a chase aircraft, the on the tail, they put the they copied the old F 106 chase program where it had the F-106 and it had two like, T-33s or whatever it was that was flying chase for it, and it said chase on the bottom. Well, they did the same thing with with that, but they did the Poseidon's pitchfork. So you had the P-8 in the middle, and you had T-2, two, T-2 Buckeyes on the side, and it was a it was Poseidon's trident, not pitchfork, sorry. And it said chase at the bottom, <laughs> and it looked really good. That's why he didn't make chief. Yeah, that's why I didn't make chief everybody. <laughs> but and, uh, that, that's it. <laughs> and on that airplane too, a buddy of Whitey and I's, another FE buddy of ours, Brian Gifford, his name is on the sidewall of uh, the canopy rail. With a Y O N. Yep. Yeah, he's on there. <laughs> oh man. But that's it for me that I got working on. Hey, can I kick back oh. to the show again? Yeah, man. Because I, I just wanted, you know, I, I, we mentioned I mentioned Jeff, uh, but we certainly ran into a whole bunch of other folks yesterday. I wanted to just uh, acknowledge real quick with the um, Frank Blanton and his wife Nancy. They were there. Frank's a, yep. just a heck of a fun guy to talk to. Um, Amps guy. He's uh, gonna bring his contingent up here to our PaxCon show and uh, team up with Dan Yackel and uh, take care of the um, armor judging for us. Yep. Thanks. And thanks he was, for, we and he really was, appreciate that. Yeah, I had a great and talk he, with Frank yesterday. He's a good guy, good guy, real good guy. Yep, and he was excited to be able to wear his tanker boots again. So oh yeah, man, he those was up were, there in his tanker boots. Those things were sharp, man. <laughs> uh, let's see who else was there. Uh, I mentioned Chris, our buddy Chris Dirks. He was there with his uh, T six. That was great. Um, Dirty Mike. Dirty Mike. Yeah, Mike was man. That's Su twenty five. He did sharp. and the F fifteen uh, E demonstrator, the F fifteen B. Nice work, Mike. Yeah, you know what? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna text Mike. He he just put a lot of pictures from the, the show, yeah, uh, yeah, up on the old face box. I'm gonna see if he'll let me uh, steal those and put them over on the old Model Geeks page because yeah. there's some uh, in the I group. The, I thank the folks that do that because, like I said, I really didn't have time to look I, around at a lot of stuff. And, yeah, and I, I didn't. I, I jump on Facebook this morning having coffee, and I'm like, oh, cool! I get to see the hey, the, look at that that <laughs> diary. Yeah. I didn't even see that. You oh, know. that one with the uh, Yui hanging in the trees? Yeah, you know, oh, I, I, I didn't see, see it. that. You know? I didn't get to see it. Freaking gorgeous! It was a, um, he had a shot of an M1 too, and uh, Mike's Mike's got a good eye for photography, I think, because he always takes a photo from an angle, and yeah, he, he had one like it felt like you were standing next to that M1, you know, and it was yeah, I mean, ultra real looking. Um, let's see, the detail and scale crew, they of course were there. Burt yeah. Rock. Hagen, Great. Vince, yep. you know, the whole gang. And got to thank him for, um, he, you know, handed us a copy of the F-105 Detail and Scale uh, publication, the book that's, the new book that's out. And uh, got to say, it looks great. Looking, um, 
looking forward to building a couple 105s in my future, and that book will certainly help out. Uh, let's see, TJ and Jackson from the Triple P, they yep. hanging out with us. Good to see those fellas. Um, we had of course, uh, were killing it at the awards uh, of, time. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. they, they showed then, up uh, with their proverbial wheelbarrow to take their stuff home. Yeah, yeah. man. And then uh, we had Dana, Peter, and Chad from the uh, the Pennsylvania guys. Yeah, yeah. IPMS. C- Central uh, PA. Central. Folks. Yep. They did well as well. Yeah. They did. Let me tell you, it's just, um, we've said it before, there is just so much talent in Region 2 up here. Region 2 is, yeah, definitely. It's just They're just awesome builders, man. We had Randall KFAD, too. KFAD was up there. Dude, his Harrier was pretty phenomenal looking. That FR2. Yes, that was sharp. That was nice. Nice work on that. Um, Yeah, so I just wanted to, you know, say say hello to those fellows again and uh great to see you guys looking forward to see the bunch he is in uh in fairfax here in a couple of months oh and also too when i on my judging team we had uh matt was with us i forgot what his last name was but uh i had judged with him before i think it was at marauder con and so i'd met him there and uh he was the guy who had the nice looking ch46 that was over yeah, there yeah i did see the that helos. Yep. Yeah, that was and he also game. did that uh, big fired fire cal fire Huey with the bulldozer. As a yeah, tug, yeah as it was a on the trailer, wasn't it? Or yeah, the old, yep, the old Rambo boxing one twenty five yep. scale, I believe it's marked as. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that looks cool. Great display. Yeah, man. So it was good seeing those guys. Hey, we're going to take a second. We're going to hear from Bert over in Detail and Scale. Hello, Model Geeks. This is Bert Kinsey of Detail and Scale to tell you about our newest publication, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale, written by yours truly and illustrated by Rock Rozak and Jim Rotrammel. This is not simply an expanded and updated edition of our original Detail and Scale series book on the thud. Instead, it is an all-new publication. It really took a lot of research and effort, but I'm very pleased with how it turned out and I know you will be too. In fact, I think it's among the very best titles Detail and Scale has ever produced. Overall, there are almost 300 color photographs and illustration, more than 90% of which are in color. Following the introduction, the Thunder Chief History Chapter reviews the development and operational use of the F-105, including its extensive role in the war in Southeast Asia. Next is a chapter that covers each of the Thunder Chief variants in more detail, beginning with the first YF-105As and going through the F-105F and F-105G Wild Weasels. Extended coverage is provided on the Wild Weasels to include an informative text that clears up some of the misconceptions about these important variants, and both general and detailed photographs illustrate all of the changes made to the aircraft as various systems were added and updated. Next comes a chapter on the armament carried by the Thunder Chief, And this includes more than 30 detailed photographs and illustrations. The focus of all Detail and Scale series books is that of the physical details of the aircraft. And the Thunder Chief Detail chapter contains more than 145 detailed photographs and illustrations, more than 90% of which are in color. There are 26 cockpit photos alone covering all production variants. And more than 90% of the photos in the Thunder Deep Details chapter were taken of operational aircraft. 
The modeler section covers all of the Thunder Chief kits from 1144th scale through 132nd scale, and it points out the pros and cons of each. The backdating that needs to be made to the kits in order to build early F-105s in the natural metal and silver lacquer schemes are also covered in detail. Like all of our Detail and Scale publications, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale is available in both printed and digital editions, with both the Kindle and Apple formats being available for the digital editions. To learn more and to order yours, visit our website at www.detailandscale.com. Happy bottling from Detail and Scale. Now back to the Model Geeks podcast. All right. Thanks, Bert. So, moving on. New kits on the street. Any kind of buzz around the model world? Have you guys heard of anything? Anything well, stand out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, Kinetic had a uh, display set up yesterday at the show, and they had the sprue for the upcoming F-16, I guess B and D, but at any rate, the two-seater, the family model F-16 sprue was sitting there, and that uh, you know it looked great. And I believe they said April time frame is when that's supposed to hit yep. the uh, hit the street. Now, when it hits the shores of the U.S., who knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah. The grocery it, getter version of the F-16. Yep. Looked really good. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna be the guy here that's a little optimistic. Or uh, not optimistic. Pessimistic. Look, a, a lot of uh, kinetic sprues have looked good in the past. Hey. Um, <laughs> I'm more worried about how they fit. So, you know, sitting on a sprue shot is is great. Let's see what happens when we start melting a little plastic because uh, well, it's I've, I mean, uh, it's there's it, already been some pretty nice reviews of the uh there have of the single seat version. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, reasonably to say that reasonable to say that um we're, we're probably looking at a nice kit with I, that too. I I hope so. Why do I really do because uh when look, who's I would hope that they go back. Somebody mentioned uh, to me about yesterday about the uh, F-18 and it, and asked, I wonder if they will go back and, and do a new, a new uh, version and fix the issues with the uh, kinetic F-18 because what a great shaped airplane. And look, there, there are no, we got Hasegawa on the street. That's all we've got for an F-18. That's, what do you think they could do to fix it? Like, I know the, the, front nose. End, the front end is where the and is is it the shape or is it the assembly itself? It's it's over engineered and it's just there's too many lot panel lines. The, the, trying to fit that and fill all that with all the detail up there, forget okay. it. So maybe just like a slide it. molded whole nose, forward nose fuselage section. section. Would that fix it? I don't it know. What? I don't know. I'm not an engineer. Damn it! I'm a logistician. Why do I'm not an engineer? But no, if you I, were I, for I don't a day, know. what would you do? <laughs> I think I'd probably just slide mold the entire front nose section. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. yeah. From even like the, a from single like the intake forward. Yeah, even a single a single scene down the middle, like on the A4, the Oscar A4, would be better yeah. than what they've got going now. Okay. So yeah. uh you know, I think just anything <laughs> would be an improvement. I don't know how to put it any any I, have, I haven't built one of those kits yet, so I don't know what the uh, breakdown is on it. 
Um, yeah, it's just that. And is it sections. like that because they're trying to do too many versions with it, or? Well, I think they're trying to do too much with it. They, they, the way they tried to do uh, the refueling probe uh, receptacle, the the little indentation, they they got that as a whole box. You put it in, and then the top of the fuselage comes down, and it meets over the bottom of the fuselage and covers that. And now you've got a graft. It's just a, it's just a mess. Then you have to put the individual doors in. Now, what if so, you're just going to have the, uh, exactly, the doors just closed? Do you have to even so worry about the bay? I, I put a lot of the white tack stuff in there, putty. <laughs> just rolled it up and put it in there so I could set the doors on there and hit some glue around them. Yeah. That's the only thing I could, because if you didn't, then they just didn't fit real well. So I had to put the, you know, some putty, not putty, but the light blue tack. Yeah, man. Rolled up in our silly putty, and so it held it. But, Yeah. Anyway, I didn't mean to go down that rabbit hole. You know, the, the test no, shots did look good. Uh, I don't want to take that away from them. You're right. There's some good reviews on the single seater. I, yeah. I, and I, I hope them. I, I wish the best for them. I hope that they do well with it. But Well, you know, they uh, did take their F-16 and retool the entire thing. So maybe, that's, they did. They will, maybe yeah. that's something they would do in the future with the F-18. Yeah, well, see, so that's what was asked yesterday. Do you, do you, what do you think the odds are of doing an F-18 and retooling that one the way? I said, I don't know, man. Start writing. Start writing them, you know. Yeah. The only way things going to change is when people start complaining and writing and saying this is not working. So be the squeaky wheel. Yeah, the spruce shots definitely look good, though. Cockpit detail look good. So interesting to see that come out. You know, we could go and we could talk about uh, a certain project that, that Frill just finished up. And we could talk about fit issues. It kind of backs up exactly what I'm saying. Well. I'm glad you brought that up, Darren, because just as hot off the press, I just got de I guess got the, the authorization I can declassify it. And real quick, what it is was I was doing the 124 scale kinetic P47D bubble top for detail and scale. And Bert's got a couple other projects going, and when he is done with those. He is going to detail and scale is going to be releasing a uh, P47 book. And that was a review build for their book. So it's be in the modeler section. So we've got a new book, a new P47 book coming out from detail and scale in the future. So there it is. That's what the secret squirrel was. Wow. They're really hitting those Republic subjects, aren't they? Yeah. Well, another, what I, there's another kit coming out that I can't that I want to see in the plastic, and that is that ICM 135th scale CH54A Sky Crane. I'm not touching that. That thing is huge, <laughs> man. From what like 48 like, scale, I, I'd probably uh, jump on, but I'm not. I, I, have, man. I have no interest in a 135 one. I don't I, know where I, I would put the damn thing, but God, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is an interesting subject for sure. I'd like to see them do a 148 scale uh, Pelican. That would you know, be cool. That, the Coastie Helo. The Coast Guard, yeah, yeah, man. You know, if you're going to do, if you're going to be banging on helicopters. Then... That's what pulled Goose that'd out be, of the water in Top that, Gun. That'd be my pick, but. You yeah, can and then. No, um, you can do it, no kidding. Like, you know, the original Jolly Green Giant was yes. that version of the H3. And, you know, that's, it's kind of odd to me that that, hasn't been kitted in 48 scale who knows maybe only time will tell and we'll have one because the hobby is looking good i have to say oh yeah 
There's a ton of new stuff. And uh, what is that? Pilot Replicas has announced a 48 scale AD5 Sky Raider, the family model grocery getter of the Sky Raider. <laughs> that was kind of, that getter. was pretty cool to see. Yeah. Time you know, I never sell, did. Time to sell that Matchbox kit. I never did get one of those, man. All these years, I've never had one. I think it just looks cool with that canopy on the back of it like that. And the thing, they use that thing as a medevac. They would put a couple stretchers in that sucker. Yeah, they did a lot with that airframe for sure. Yeah, man. I want to build the big, nasty, guppy-looking AEW version. That'd be cool. Didn't um, AMT release a boxing of that? The AD, no, it was the AD4 they did. With the uh, Ray Dome on the bottom and the... Uh, yeah, yep. AD4W. I think it was W, right? The one, the, the anti-submarine airplane. Yep. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool, too. A new kit of those. And, of course, you got the ICM 48 scale B-26 Marauder. Oh, I think yeah, a lot man. of people are looking forward to that. I know Scott's got his decals already picked out for it, and he's rip-roaring ready to go when it comes out. Did, uh, did we talk about AFV Club? Uh, the uh, F5s. This yeah, they released uh, released the uh, the Peace Tiger in 48 scale in the Rock Air Force markings. I think so. I think we mentioned in the last episode. Do we? Yeah, because we we're talking about we can't confirm that it is. Oh, not in 48. No, 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 no. Uh, no yeah, that's you're, you're talking about the 32 scale ones there. Yeah, you're talking about the Kitty Hawk re-release. This is oh. so well, no. so AF, AFV Club. Uh, just a, a brief peruse through the modeling news. Uh, AFE Club's releasing the, the the Peace Tiger in 48 scale. So that's a, the F5E in 48 scale with the uh, Rock Air Force uh, marking. So that's pretty cool. I just wanted to kind of to throw that out there. Um, and then Trumpeter, Trumpeter over on the Model News, they, they released out their full catalog for 23-24. All right. Well, I guess we're going to round up the um, new kits and stuff on the streets. So let's go ahead and talk about our our hauls from yesterday. You guys got anything new? Nope. <laughs> Actually, that's the first time. How many people came up to me yesterday and said, hey, man, I'm not even putting any money into the damn raffle because I've heard all about your luck and you're going to win everything. <laughs> and the look on her face, I say, I didn't put a red dime in the raffle, raffle thing yesterday. And even crazier is I bought nothing but a $7 hot dog. That's it. Really? Nothing. I bought nothing. I, I don't know. What? I need to go to the doctor. Something's wrong. All right. Yeah, that's kind of a buzzkill. Why? <laughs> what did you buy? You had to get some stuff. I bought a, yeah, kind of, kind of couple, few unusual things for me. I, I bought two submarines for one. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah, a, a small U-boat, <laughs> Type 7, 1350 scale, and then I saw a, um, Hunt for Red October boxing of the uh, Typhoon class in one. It's actually a one four hundred scale kit, which I was kind of just. I didn't realize that at the time. I got home and I was like, "Oh man, it's one four hundred. Because if I'm going to build submarines, I want them to all be one three fifty scale. But in the meantime, I'm like, "All right, whatever. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll actually build it as the Red October. You know, looking at the kit, it's a Typhoon class submarine, and the only thing that makes the quote Red October is it has a um, extra part for to add a a sonar dome, quote unquote, on the uh, aft um, rudder of of the submarine. Um, 
know, but otherwise it's a, it's a typhoon class Russian sub. And the other thing I, I you know, Robinson 30 sub box, I come across in uh X 47 UAV, uh, or UCAS is actually how it's boxed. Um, horrible resin kit, but I'll clean it up and, uh, add it to my 72nd scale collection of, uh, other unmanned vehicles that I have kicking around here. So other than that, I picked up, um, let's see, um, couple of decal sheets um aoa was there with their display so they had the uh their skyhawk data decal sheet if you can get a hold of that it's fantastic so I, yeah you, know, you grabbed the last one man ah yeah i did <laughs> i went to go get it and was like he's like oh your buddy just yeah, bought the last one and if, i was like uh, ah, yeah those go it, fast because if you're going to build a4s in, in uh in the colored schemes you definitely want that their sheet because it just covers everything all the unique intake markings and the different re- rescue arrows that they've had on them uh through the years um yeah so i i grabbed that and uh and that's really it um you know typically i like i said my my god i wish it was a two day show i just didn't have time to be rummaging through boxes like i like to do uh yeah you know so i just I, I was i just found myself breezing through the vendor area i didn't really have time to 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 really look around what you got, D-Ran? So now that I kind of buzz killed everybody with my my little opener there, <laughs> to to kind of hit on what Whitey said, that really I didn't pick anything up from vendors and stuff yesterday for that same reason. I was just way, way too busy doing other things uh, yesterday and didn't really make it through all the, the vendors. There was a ton of stuff out there, but I just really didn't. But now... I did pick up a few things. I did get the 105 Thunder Chief book that Rock and those guys had for us. Um, <laughs> you said Thunderbolt earlier. I, yeah. I did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still got 124 uh, P47 on my mind. But anyway, um, this great, great book. Uh, did, did a quick thumb through it. Um, they sold out of these. Yeah. Go on. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they sure With did. the quickness. What I like about that book is um, all the weapons and pylon drawings by Jim Rotramel in there. Yep. yep. I mean, and they have all, he's, you know, Jim's detailed down to the wire engineer guy, um, all the measurements for them as well, you know, and the, and the, all the proper orientation for the pylons. Um, I think 105 is one of those kits that people find themselves. <laughs> I, I've seen them on the table before where um, one of the pylons, You'll see it put on backwards uh, because the leading edge is 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 flat and the aft trailing edge is is angled, and people always mess that up. And you, you see, I've seen a few monogram kits on the tables through the years with that thing on the wrong way. I think it's what the one for the G model that carries the uh, outboard missiles. Um, you see, you see them uh, again apply, uh, put on wrong often and uh and, G- and jim points that out in, in the in the in his drawings like he has that you know forward arrow <laughs> pointing you which way that thing's supposed to be orientated so pay yeah, attention folks other simple things one of my uh one one of my i don't want to say pet peeves but one of the things I, I look for when i'm trying to do a build and make it as accurate as i can is location of something as simple as the removal before flight tags where they go on the landing gear because yeah you know like the the f4 has a locking collar on it you know some 
Uh, the F-14, you got a pin that goes up in the fuselage. Behind, you know, it's just weird places that these things go. And if you try and find pictures, landing gear picture is almost impossible to find anyway. Just the four, there's four four pages in here at least of yeah. landing gear in RBF tag locations. You know, it's just, it's it's really, really a nice publication. Um, also got my sticker sheets from Jeff Martin. The furball. So <laughs> stickers. The let's uh, my stickers. Uh great. You need stuff. to build you a P eight, bro. Uh, I don't have a P eight. I don't have one. I'll buy yourself one. Support uh, Ukraine. Yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> I, I may. And then uh in the mail, I got me a Tamiya one twenty four scale Mercedes AMG GT three. Ooh. Uh, nice. I'm really looking forward to doing this one. There's a couple of them on the tables there at ODO this weekend. Um, and I'm kind of jazzed to build this car. There's a lot that can be done with it. So uh, see, I, I never even made it over to the, uh, automobile section. Well, the only reason why I saw them is because I was walking over to our club table and <laughs> they were sitting right there by the club yeah. table. So I really didn't get to, uh, do much perusing through there. But anyway, I, I know that my intro there was kind of a buzzkill and, uh, you know, I did get some stuff. I just didn't get anything in the show and they had it wasn't a, they had a great raffle set up too man i mean they, they had, did they, they did good stuff and again uh, I'm, I'm right there with you i i didn't get it i i didn't pick up any raffle tickets no i just didn't and uh, i kind of feel bad because that you know it supports the the club yeah yeah but uh i just uh man i i need it, to bring it home needs to be a two-day show it does it I'm going to campaign on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what, though? I, I want to go back. I want to say, here, I'm sorry, folks. We, 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 we deliberately held recording of this so that we could do a show report. And I think you're going to hear a lot more about that show as we go on through, through the episode uh, here and there. And I'll apologize that for, you know, up front. But one thing I want to say, the club did a wonderful job of, of running it. They always do. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so thrilled with the facilities in the venue. Really? Case in point. Well, I think it's it's big, right? It's old. It's big. But, man, their PA system, they need to fix that stuff. The money yeah, that that yeah. club is spending for that facility, because it ain't cheap. Yeah. They should be, they should be providing them with something that where people can hear. You know, that's so it's little things like that. The fact that the soda machine, did you try and buy a Coke out of the uh, soda machine? No. Not Five dollars. What? What? Five <laughs> well, dollars. That's not on the club, just to be It's not. To be clear it's the facilities. That. It's yeah, the, yeah. No, that's what I said. The club did a great job. I don't take anything away from them. Now, what about the, the, the you said you, you ate a seven-year-old hot dog? <laughs> no, no, a seven-dollar. <laughs> oh, okay. Seven-dollar hot dog. You taste it this. doesn't surprise me that Darren would eat a seven year old hot dog. So, Dude, I was I was you say hungry it enough. Tasted to eat, like it was seven years old or something like I, that. I, I, I was hungry enough to eat an eight year old hot dog, but that's a whole different story. Uh, no, yeah, man, uh, we got seven, your text late, dude. After we already got back, seven. Oh, sorry bucks, about that. Seven bucks for a hot dog, five dollars for a soda. No, well, that's not on the club. That's no, the venue. No, no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know. yeah. Anyway, I, you know, finding a venue. I mean that's it's a hard. challenge. Uh, I mean, it is. You know we. Um, 
uh, you know, we, we here we come doing our first show coming up, and we'll, we'll probably have some growing pains with it. And um, you know, venue wise, I hope it all works out. I think it will. When you look at our area, I think it's really the only choice in town to be quite. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, I hope. Uh, well, I think they talked previously um, about moving to a different venue because of the size of the show. But I don't. I don't know if that's something that they're actually actively looking into or anything. I can't speak for IPMS Richmond. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure either. And you know, here, here again for the audience, I'm not taking anything away from. IPMS Richmond. They oh, they do a bang up job on that show. Heck yeah. yeah and I do. do know I do know how hard it is to find a venue uh that is is right and it's expensive. These people are par- paying per, or charging per square foot and it's just crazy the the amount they're charging. But yeah, yeah. And um, um but that's the market I suppose. I mean God. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. And um as for me, like, you know, I actually came home with money, which surprised my wife even. She's like, what? You came home with money? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and I needed some supplies. And when I go to do my 48 scale F4B, I'm looking for the color gray, gloss uh, 16440 that, that Scott used when he did his, his Tamiya one. And I've got H325 as well. And that's why I started using. But I want them, you know, like, I've, like I've mentioned before, there's a beigeier. 16440 and a grayer 16440 where at some point the navy changed the formula up and it went from that tannish color to that more grayer color of the 16440 and i'm trying to find that trying to find it so i did pick up some um ak interactives ak's brand 16440 wherever their paint i can't think of their paint line what's called uh real Real color Yeah. yeah So I grabbed some of that and see how that goes. So I'm just trying to find the right shade. I meant to ask Scott um, what he did, but he's been busy since he's been home and getting ready to go back to Jacksonville today. So I'll hit him up later about that. But uh, so I went and got some supplies. I went and got some uh, some Tamiya thinner I needed. I got uh, some Tamiya extra thin. And the only, and I got, for you know, Jeff Martin gave me, brought my decals for me and everything which thanks again jeff i appreciate it and the only two kits that i picked up are kind of out of my wheelhouse one was a four i kind of like the 48 scale armor that tamia does and i got this eight wheeled german eight wheeled heavy armor car whatever it is and uh i'll go ahead and pronounce the name okay here we go it's a uh Um, yeah, we got it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And, uh, <laughs> that thing. <laughs> that thing. And oh. I remember seeing a while back, there was a picture of one where it had a uh, Nazi flag draped over the top of it. Yeah, which yeah. always looked kind of cool to me. I don't know if I'll go that far with it, but I just kind of looked cool with that flag draped over the top of that cover thing over the top of it. Oh, heck so, yeah, yeah. Is that, that an antenna? Reason- I believe that's an antenna, isn't it? That, that, that structure around yeah. the top of it i have no if it is man it's cooking everybody around <laughs> that sucker because that's a big antenna i'm, I'm with you on the 48 scale armor stuff though. and that's honestly when i did have time to go to the vendors that's what i was digging i was looking around at 48 armor because i wanted one of those um tamia uh the challenger the british tank yeah uh no one had one i i, I couldn't find one it's probably late to the party on it all um that and uh like i said you know i 
odd stuff was what I was looking for. Aircraft wise, there was really nothing I was I had in mind that I was looking for yesterday, which is unusual. Um, I, I certainly saw a couple of things that I could have jumped on. There was a fairy um, swordfish Tamiya kit that mm. I uh, that I I was about to pee the tea on, and I don't know, I got distracted by something and walked away. But <laughs> I spent my mo- the most money I spent was on supplies. Yeah, I went there with the intention of buying supplies. Of n- us not having a store near us, and, and that does what, suck. you know what? What is this shortage of uh, Mister Surfacer? My God, like you know, so I wanted some Mister Surfacer white and uh, Angel from Micro World Games. He had his uh, giant setup, and he he's always well equipped, well supplied with uh, with consumables, paints, um, glues, etc. And so I, I spent my tools. time t- tools as well. Yep, uh, you know, going through his table and got some Mister Surface of Black. I, I needed a bottle of that, and uh, of course some uh, MLT four hundred leveling thinner. You know, grabbed a bottle of that. Tammy lack of thinner, no, not to be had though. Those you know, no, nobody had that. Uh, and, and that's you know, I've I've been stocking up on the on the LP paints, um, and so I need uh, you know. Oh, man, I have the small bottle of LP uh, thinner, but I, you know, I go through that, you know, in, in pretty yeah. much one paint session. So I was, you know, and, and I'm sure I can use typical hardware store lacquer thinner with the with the LP. But I'm a guy that likes to use the manufacturer's recommended stuff, and that's what I, I do with. too. Yeah, I do too. Saves your headaches in the long run too. Yeah, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I spent the most money just buying buying supplies for the for the hobby. Uh, which is always good to do. Always good to, yeah. you know, you, you need it. So when it's there, I, I, I grab it and save on the shipping costs. There you go. So that might be that uh, German Schwer, Fanzer, Schwagen, 8-Rad, whatever, will be my uh, March Madness group build, I think. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be what I do. And the only airplane kit that I picked up, and this is kind of, Unusual for me is a 72 scale special hobby AW Meteor Mark 14, the long nosed uh, all weather radar version, which I kind of like the way the long nose and that thing looks. So. I, I, I can get on board with you on that. My, my love for weird looking airplanes comes out with that thing. I wish it was in 48 scale though. Me too. Me too. And, uh, and so I just, you know, caught my eye, picked that up, and uh, that was about it, man. And I was just like, man came home kind of light and of course i got my f-105 book as well so yeah that was about all i picked up hey modelers have you ever struggled with how to display a contest winning model or a project you completed after many years of work how about protecting a model built for a veteran or family member well basis by bill has a solution their museum quality display cases are the perfect way to protect and enhance that special model Built by modelers for modelers, bases by built display cases are available for any type of model and for any size. Check out their website at basesbybuild.com to see their new range of Astro cases, available in 18 different sizes, or to get your own custom built display case quote. Use the code GEEKS at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order. That code again is GEEKS for 10% off. Bases by Bill for all your display model case needs. All right. So talk about our Nats update real quick. 
I know one of us isn't going to be able to uh, partake with us this year. Quit quit reminding me. (laughs) That's not a reminder. It's a dig. It is. It's a wicked (laughs) dig, too. Let me tell you. You know, especially last week, I'm listening to the Triple P sitting here at the bench, and they're uh, talking about how um, Tammy is going to really play a. um, Yeah, have quite the footprint there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Come on. So we're kind of partying gifts they're going to have for everybody i don't know pick me up one though <laughs> oh no must be present to win <laughs> well the uh 2023 ipms national is going to be held at the embassy suites and the at the uh san marcus convention center in uh, san marcus texas august 2nd through the 5th so should be a good time like the nats always is and there will be some beer drunk some, yeah. you know, maybe a few occasional laws broken, maybe, which <laughs> did not confirm nor deny. I wasn't there. I didn't do it, and you can't prove it kind of thing. But uh should be a good time. And if you, you know, if you want more information about it, go check out their website, www.nats2023.com. I've got a uh, request from our listeners when it comes to Nats. We, we've been uh, approached with the seminar, so the deadline's quickly approaching for uh us to uh reserve our spot for seminars we did the uh tps paint schemes uh last year in omaha and uh kind of curious to see what the uh the listeners might want us to uh seminar on this time if there's anything out there they want to see done or or talked about or what i mean discuss what do you guys think about that we need we need to do we need to do another seminar that was a lot of fun it was a, a big turnout too. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Big turnout, and uh, so we're still getting requests for that brief. Maybe it's another TPS uh, paint scheme brief. I don't know. But, yeah, because you're going to have guys who wanted to attend that but couldn't make the nas- the last nats. Where I, Scott I, did I would it, suggest so. that, and again, I'm I, I'm probably not going to be there, so I don't want to put the burden on y'all. But I would be setting up at the table. Oh, we're we're absolutely going to do that. Doing 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 demos th- at yeah. the table, and if people want to come by and you know have it to where you can, um, hey, I, I heard you guys talking about this on the show. Can you show me real quick how to? And then you have your 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 supplies and setup right there to go. Hey, yeah, yeah Roger that, man. Check it out. Boom. Uh, no. Whether it be a painting demo or uh, slapping down a decal, and um, you know maybe uh a session showing the, the various decal solvents that are out there. You know, we, we talk decals often and, um, yeah, you know, you got, I know myself with this F35 Tamiya decals and using Tamiya solutions was really, um, the way to go. Uh, I, I, I initially had tried using the, the microset and microsol with those and found that I had better luck using, Tamiya's products with the, with the Tamiya decals. So that's just, that's, that's something, you know, of course, decaling in general, I don't care what you're uh, talking. People like to, it, it's, it, it, you know, people love or hate decaling and anything that can help them, uh, you know, so sh- showing them a technique or two there is always a good thing. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and, and I've already set that wheel, those wheels in motion uh, that's been communicated up through some of the folks there with the IPMS, uh, yeah, Alamo Squadron. So now we're going to do that. Uh, I actually was uh, hitting up uh, TJ yesterday about pointers on that. From they they were set up at Omaha, and I said, you know, not to be a uh, 
a thief, but we're stealing that. Sh- <laughs> we're stealing it, that idea. I That's think it's just, it's just a good way to do it. You know, absolutely. Um, you know, it gets, uh, I don't know. I guess the, the people that are walking around the show, they can, you know, they stop and see something going on at a table. They're going to stop and watch. Or, or, or like I said, they, if they approach with a question, you're set up ready to ready to demo yeah. it or show them. Then that's always great. Yeah. So anyway, you know, to the listeners, if there's something y'all want, you know, we have to prepare even for that. What to take? So yeah, um, you know, I'm 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 driving, but I'm not taking a U-Haul. So um, yeah, if the uh, listeners want to chime in, contact the modelgeekspodcast dot com. Let us know. Let us know what your thoughts are on it. If you're going to be at Nats and you want to uh, discuss or see something specific, let us know. So, you know something, sorry, oh, I just wanted to get that in there. You know, we talked intakes on the last show. Yep. Yep. Little pour and fill method demo. Yeah, that's a good one. Or that's a demo good. how you guys do the whole fake out the, the eyeball with the shading in the back there with the, yeah. to simulate the uh, trick the eye into thinking there's a fan blade back there. Yep. Yep, there's a ton of them, and we'll we'll do them. Just uh, let us know. Anyway, that's uh, I just wanted to get that plug out there. Real quick, here's an easy one to do at the bench or at the table. Uh, the uh, Tamiya flat black and the uh, chrome silver. Oh, there you go. Doing the exhausts. Yep. You know, someone seeing that happen in front of them, uh, that you know, that game changer. You know, for them. You know, who knows. It was for me. Yeah. <laughs> it was for me. It does look sharp, too. All right, so now that the ODO is done and gone, the uh, next show up the road is going to be on April 1st in um, the Mosquito Con up in Wayne, New Jersey. And for more information about their show, you can check out their website at www.njipms.org. And uh, let's see if we can make that one. Because two weeks later, after that, you've got the, on 15 April, you've got the Nova IPMS, the, you know, prevent, presents their model classic in Fairfax, Virginia. And that's the always a really for, good one, too. It is. And I like how they do a theme to every one of their shows. And the theme for this year's show is Between the Wars. So anything 1920 to 1940. It qualifies for their special award. And for more information on that show, you can check out their website at www.novaipms.org. I want to uh, I want to touch real quick on another show. No, not Region Two. No, not IPMS USA, but uh, IPMS Hamilton up there in Heritage Con. Uh, that's coming up in March, last weekend of March, last Saturday, last Sunday, the twenty sixth of March at the. Uh, Canadian Warplane Heritage Museum. Um, I'm actually making the trip up for that, and I can't wait, man. I'm really looking forward uh, to seeing those guys up there and and you know participating in in their show up and with our neighbors to the north. Uh, it's going to be a great time if uh, you know you're in the New York area, anywhere within that two hour range or whatever. There in the uh, northern part of the the U.S., hit it. Come on up and, and check it out. Um, I know they said it's it's packed. We did that interview, uh, what was it, two episodes ago now. Yep, yep. And, uh, man, I'm just really looking forward to going up there. I wish you guys were coming up, too. 
but maybe next year we can make it a geek trip. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be a great yeah, place to visit again, man. Yeah. So, anyway, I wanted to put it out there for those guys and uh, looking forward to seeing uh, our our friends up there in uh, IPMS Hamilton. So. All right. So, hobby shop shout outs. Our hobby shop shout out for this episode comes from Jason Sizemore. And he sends us an email and he's like, hey guys, love the show. And he wants to give us a couple shout outs. He's like, his his home shop and big supporter of his IPMS club, MMCL, there in, uh, he doesn't say where he's from, but the hobby shop that they like to, that is there for them is called Scale Reproductions in Louisville, Kentucky. So I guess they're in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, the good shop that they say is um, Scale Reproductions. And uh, he said he was in the St. Louis area for a volleyball tournament. And he stopped by the Mark Twain Hobby Center in St. Louis. And he sent us links for that for us to um, check out. Maybe put in the show notes for our listeners so they can check it out as well. And uh, so our tool and tip of the week for this, or for tool and tip of the episode for this episode is something that I know we had touched on it before about decanting paint and how we learned a little bit last year that uh, Mr. Color on their paint cans, the lid has a hole where you can decant it into the cup and pour it into the your glass, you know, your mixing jar or whatever. I just had a conversation about that at uh, our build thing this past Friday. We were talking about that. Yep. That's a great little, great little tip there. And what I did, what I used to, what I used before I learned about that was I took an old Tamiya spray can nozzle and it has a nice, the, the nipple on the end, it sticks out and it's pretty proud and it's good because you can find you some brass rod that fits over that. And what I did was I took a piece of brass rod, I cut it down and I epoxied the end onto a Tamiya spray can nozzle. And that is what I use when I go to decant Tamiya spray or any other paint, I'll use this nozzle because I can stick it through the, because what I'll do is I'll put a piece of that self, the newer cling wrap, the one that like sticks on itself. And it's not like the old stuff where it gets all over everything, but the one where you can restick it and I'll use that and I'll put a slice, a slit in the, in the top and I'll just stick this in there and I'll spray it with that. And that's how I'll decant my paint. You know, that's and, a great deal. I've got that Parafilm M will work great for that. Putting right over the top of the bottle and, yeah, I mean that's lab stuff anyway. It's Dude, you, should, uh, you should market that, man. Yeah, no kidding. The Mister yeah. Decanter <laughs> nozzle <laughs> by Frildo. The, Do the, it. The, no, the Frill and Phil. <laughs> the Frill and Phil. Dude, I bet you could three D print those things, man. <laughs> the Probably frill good, and man. Yeah. The Frill, the frill and Phil. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to look like Nick Steve Martin. It, it, it'll be like Steve Martin before too long with us. <laughs> Fildo with, with Frildo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So that is our tip of the episode, the Phil and Frildo. There you go, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Put a little bend, put a little bend in, in it. <laughs> oh my lord! I don't know what we're doing here. <laughs> Peronis, what are they called? <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress. 
All right. So now this is next up is Darren's favorite. Mail call. All right. Our first email comes from Jason Sizemore. And he tells us, he's like, hey, guys, love the show. He wanted to give us a couple shout outs. He's like, his home club is IPMS MMCL there in Louisville, Kentucky. And they have a great shop that supports them called Scale Reproductions in Louisville, Kentucky. And he sends us a link for that shop as well for us to, to add to the show notes, I guess, for our listeners. And he also mentions that he was in the St. Louis area for a volleyball tournament. And he said another great shop, well worth the side trip, was Mark Twain Hobby Center in the St. Louis area. So we'll have to keep those in mind and uh, check them out if we're ever in that area. And then we got another email. This one is com- comes from our good friend, our good friend Frank Blanton, Blanton, Blanton. Sorry, and he says, "Congratulations, guys! Fifty podcasts and going strong." And he had a question about the portable airbrush and he had mentioned that, you know, Darren picked one up and Scott had picked one up and he was asking, you know, what, what you got and where you got it from. And did you have a chance to talk to him about that at the uh, ODO? I I absolutely did. Yep. He stopped me and, uh, awesome. And he, he actually said, he uh, was like, you know, why did said y'all were going to look at changing some things up and moving some uh, segments around. He says, please don't get rid of tip and tool of the week. And that's what he brought up. I've got it right here. It's a no name, uh little airbrush uh, compressor, uh, brand, no name brand by spray gunner. You can get spray Um, I don't remember. I want to say it was around $70, but it comes with the airbrush, the little rechargeable, uh, uh, compressor. And it's a USB um, charger, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there you go. A little, little USB deal. charger. You can actually attach a hose to it. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes. I'll put it on the uh, Model Geeks Model Shack as well. Um, you hear that spray gunner? You listening? We're <laughs> we're sending yeah. you business. Yeah, hey. But uh, anyhow, it's uh, it's it's really a cool little rechargeable portable airbrush airbrush compressor combo, and you can put the uh, airbrush directly on, or you can attach a hose to it so you can use your current airbrush. You just which is much better than what's with the no no name thing. Um, works great, and uh, I I think Scott's got his down there in Florida. He's using it out of his yeah, hotel he, room. Yeah, yeah, he is. We did use it uh, at nationals in Las Vegas and made several different touch ups with it, so it worked great. Um, and I keep this in my little to go box down here. So if we're doing build days or or go any bag. of that jazz, yeah, my little my little uh, bug out bag, if you will, but uh. Yeah, great little tool. Well, our next email comes from El Presidente, and he says, guys, congratulations on 50 episodes. And then uh, another one comes from Derek Post, our good buddy Derek, and he's like, wishing you a happy 50th. Really enjoyed the episode and the dry brushing tips, and he is looking forward to send Marcus and PaxCon is on the calendar. Great. Fly Navy. Good to see uh, Derek again. Yeah, Derek's a good dude, man. And didn't I see he was going to be in town here, not too too far down the line here, somewhere in the well, near future? Yeah, he's he talking about saying, having dinner or something. Yeah, he was saying that uh, he can kind of pick and choose what routes he does. Yeah, and he was going to pick a route like here in the future out our way, and was going to time it where he has like a couple days. 
Okay. And he's going to come down and hang out with the geeks. So Good. we're Good. looking forward know. to it. Yeah, let us know, Derek. That'd be fun. And uh, we got another email from a Christian Van Winkle. And he's like, I'm hoping you guys might be able to point me in a good direction. He's currently building a 148 PBY Catalina, but he is in need of decals for an obscure aircraft. And he's like, the one that he's looking for was the only example used by the Icelandic Coast Guard. He's like, I have a handful of pictures after looking at about three years. He's looking for someone who might be who might have the ability to make the decals for that aircraft or any other kind of information would be useful. Well, I'll tell you what, let me, uh, it, I don't know if there's any company out there making them now. I'm going to assume that since he can't find them, that there's not, have y'all, uh, I'm not, I'm not a Catalina aficionado, so I, I'm not real sure. I've never heard of the Icelandic coast guard using them, but that sounds interesting to me. Um, yeah, I'll dig around and see what I can find. Um, does he, provide any links with like photos or anything of these no he doesn't is it a dash five or a dash five a or does he he doesn't say he just says a pby catalina huh all right right well i will say that if you can't there's a company called circus city decals um here again i'll link that one as well and they're up out of michigan i think i can't remember i talked to him here not too long ago doing off a one-off set of decals for a car that I'm doing. And uh, they'll do them, I think it's like $40 a sheet, so it's a little bit more expensive. And it can climb a little bit higher if they have to do the artwork. But from what I understand, they do a really good job uh, with the one-off decals. So that that's an option if you can't find them. But you're going to have to have some really good graphics for them. All right, so maybe you know Whitey and our listeners can uh, can give Christian a hand on that. And then we got an email from the pod father himself, old Dave Goldfinch. And he's like, good afternoon, gents. I'd like, take the opportunity to congratulate you on reaching the 50-episode milestone. He says it's a real important benchmark for any podcast, as many shows fail after 10 episodes. But your quality content has shown through. And I'm just tickled pink that you guys are coming from strength to strength. So he's like, so let's raise a beer to your successes and look forward to your 100th episode. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. And thanks, Dave. And thanks. I am looking so forward to seeing you guys when I'm down there here in May. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we should probably find the Godfather music and play it whenever he sends an email or something. <laughs> Just put it in. Oh, yep. All right. So I wanted to say this last email. And uh, we got an email from one of our you know, one of our usual listeners, I'm not going to mention his name. And he says, Hey, great episode. Well done. And he thanks us for our podcast and you know who you are. And he was saying that, uh, you discussed all this latest episode, of course, but he's like, do not ever underestimate how much your work means to so many of us. And he says that towards the end of 21, his youngest daughter was experiencing some mental health issues. At the same time, he was dealing with some job pressure issues as well about important project and deadlines, and uh, he needed a stress reliever. And he stumbled upon a few Facebook modeling groups, old interests emerged, and then he found our podcast and started listening. And he says that, you know, you really embrace me without knowing it. So he's like, even though it may sound weird, 
because we've never met or spoke, it's like I now consider you my friends. There is something about podcasts in general, but especially yours, that is connective and intimate. He says, so now I am a modeler again, and thanks, th- th- thanks to us, and his daughter is doing very much better. So we are glad for that, and we are you're glad your daughter's doing better. And he gives us a couple show themes. And one of them is like, you know, one that keeps coming back up, get, keeps getting mentioned is uh, how to get better. And, you know, dis- you know, how we would discuss getting better at the hobby. And he had another question. Oh, he asked a question about the MIG killer, the MIG killer group build. And he's like, he understands that you can only join if you send your models to the IPMS show in the U.S. He doesn't want to do that. And he's afraid the models wouldn't survive overseas shipping. And, uh, and he's like, would you consider creating a, a sort of secondary online competition or mid killer display group where people can post their projects without having to put the models on the IPMS table? And Darren, I will let you discuss that point. Yeah. So, uh, we, we did take that into consideration when we, uh, when we kicked it off and over on the, uh, model geeks, model shack, Facebook group. You can post your work in there. Anybody can. And, and actually, we encourage everybody to. Uh, if you're going to nationals, we'd like to see it. If you're not going to nationals, we'd like to see it. We just want people uh, contributing as model geeks, period. So, uh, yes, we would like to have a lot of t- uh, models, completed models on the table. And we understand people can't, you know, not all the geeks can make it. We get that. So, what we did is we uh, there's a section in the media under the media tab in the model geeks model shack facebook group and if you click on media and then go over you've got albums you can create an album in there and that's your own personal album to to put your pictures of your your build as you go um i actually kicked off the first one uh only have one photo in there but shame on me but you could go in there and you can uh uh add captions and you know little what it is you're doing on this one, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to all your pictures. So, uh, again, Model Geeks, Model Shack, Facebook group, uh, just underneath um, where it says discussion, featured members, et cetera, there's media. Click the media tab, albums, and create new album. And you can post all your work there. So, uh, please, uh, do it that way. Go ahead and put it in there. uh, And uh, look forward to seeing your work. All right, so thank you for the email. You know, and we've mentioned it before in other other episodes, but it floors us to know that we have this kind of an impact on people. And when we, when Darren first came up with the idea of wanting to start this podcast, we never imagined it would ever get to like where it is now. And you know, you listeners, we get as much from you guys as you guys get from oh, us. Yeah, and absolutely, they are you got our listeners are the ones that make this show better. And we love the interaction with everybody, you know, and, and it's nice to go to a model show or, or something and have people come up to you and say, Hey, you're Frildo from the model geeks podcast. I was just Wyatt, fixing the touch on the same thing. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, we had talked about this earlier in the little pre-show. Uh, I, I have never had so many people come up and say, hello, as I did at the ODO yesterday. And I got to tell you, I was, I was wearing nothing model geeks related. I was wearing a old Tamiya sweatshirt. And so and my beard's two inches longer than it used to be. So I was kind of 
not not the regular old Joe. And uh, you know, people were coming up and saying, "Hey, hey, Darren, hey, Duran, hey, this, this, and that." And it was awesome. And and for I, I, I bet you, if I had one out of two, I had or one out of three, I had two out of three say, "I'm sorry to bother you." No, you're not bothering me. Mm-hmm. This that's great, man. I love that stuff, and and that's what we do this for is to interact with folks and make new friends and new uh, acquaintances and, and and you know help promote, help spread tips, et cetera, et cetera. So don't I say if anybody's ever going to come up to me, please don't ever say sorry to bother you. You know you're not bothering me at all. That's it's yeah, just a lot of fun. Not at all. So anyway, you know, so I'm sorry, Frill. Oh, no, 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 you're exactly right. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it kind of makes you feel good knowing that you have this kind of impact on people and you're helping people. And that's what we wanted to do with this podcast. You know, we wanted to, to help modelers get better, you know, and to bring more people into the hobby. So I'll help myself get better. Yeah. And help, and help all of us get better, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so that's good. And we appreciate the email. You know, you list our listeners are important to us and we are grateful for every one of you. I think that's the, sen- the sentiment amongst all the podcasters out there, though. All, all of our the, the, those within the scale modeling podcasting community, I think, feel the same way and and, uh, and all have an impact. And it's just uh, it's just great. I love seeing the modelers all come together with stuff yeah. like that so you know this email would have been good for our last episode because our last episode was our listeners yeah. and how important our listeners are to us and that would have been a great email to have for that so, yeah thank so, you again that, Echo, echoing on what darren just said about the other po- you know it is th- these podcast things have uh taken this hobby from the basement literally that's where i'm sitting right now yeah they all are uh, right have, have taken them <laughs> from you know it, it's made a community and yes, that's, and that's what I think is awesome. I I can tell you, like, I can remember going to shows back in the '90s and stuff, in you know, early 2000s, and you had your club members that you knew, and that you would hang out and you would talk with them. But social media and the podcast, in the in the scale modeling podcast world, let's call it, has made this thing um, so much more than that. It, it it really has made it made us all. Uh, come out of the basement i guess you could say i mean yeah. you know, whatever yeah. it's made it to like and you say like you know like like that last email was talking about he considers us friends and god knows he lives overseas like you know and yep i'd love to go crack a beer and hang out with the guy you know absolutely which we have done with other people from overseas who have come here you know come this way yeah. and, and stuff like that and, and it, it's fantastic man it really is and when you go to a show and and, and anyone wants to come up and, and and shoot the shit with us absolutely yeah man it's great you know that, not that's, bothering that's us. the big i'm big thing i'm gonna miss about you if i don't make it down the nats in san antonio because i know it's gonna be a big one that's what i'm you know it's it's not the models it's not the contest it's 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 the interaction with with people with other modelers that i'm that i'm missing out on you know that i'm going to miss out on if i don't make it down there you know so yeah. i don't know that, that that's it is it's fantastic man it's made the world smaller for us it's brought yeah, the world together yeah. let's look at what the 48 and 48 coming up here next month well yep yep there you go yeah, what a perfect example working yeah. with james and malcolm those guys over there yeah, that's an awesome thing, man. And uh, yeah, you know, Dave, uh, the Podfather just put that uh, that flyer up. We we need to put that over on our page as well. Yeah, and start advertising that. But uh, I love doing that every year. Adjust my clock to 
figure out what time it is down in Australia and over in Europe and whatnot. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like being <laughs> on the flight schedule again. <laughs> yeah. The clocks in our basements. At like I got to set zones, my stuff know? to Zulu. That's what we need to do. We all need to get there on you Zulu, go, Zulu time. time. <laughs> so for, for the listeners out there that might be wondering what we're talking about here when we say the 4848, the um, just make a conversation with Malcolm and James. They, they put on every year um, in, in March uh, this their birthday bash uh, this year. It starts uh, March 10th at night, what, 7.30. And I believe that's UK time, London time, if I'm not mistaken. But it's a 48-hour group build. And uh, all the podcasts, we, ha- we have our little time slots. We come in there. It's, it's going to be, uh, you know, broadcast Facebook Live uh, as well as YouTube Live. And uh, we all pick a subject. We got forty-eight hours to build it, and it's all for charity. It's all for uh, the Models for Heroes over in the UK. Um, it's a great charity, and uh, if you got a chance, then uh, please, please join us that weekend. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if they're going to put out a schedule of who's on when. Uh, typically, they do, so we can kind of let everybody know when the geeks are going to be on. But it'll be going live for forty-eight hours, so. We've done it every year, haven't we? Yeah, and I've yet yeah. to complete a kit in 48 hours. <laughs> you know what? This would be a good 48-hour go. build. Is, there you yeah. go. You know, it would it's be. all one one color. Get it together. I can have it done in the neat on Saturday and then paint it, paint it Sunday. Yeah. Or get it painted Saturday night, whether it's Sunday. Doesn't it kick, it, well, it kicks off on Friday typically, doesn't it? I guess I think so. Think so. With, with, like, with, like 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah with the it starts time. March 10th, <clears throat> and March 10th is going to be, I'll tell you right now, uh, maybe. <laughs> it's the, And that's the day after my birthday. Happy birthday. Just saying. Just saying. Oh, two days after, March 8th. Yeah, March, uh, that was a shameless plug in, in an attempt uh-huh. to get gifts. So, yeah, that's a Friday. Yep, gotcha. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, at least you have a birthday. Mine did not come this year. You don't deserve one. You know, there's no there's no 29 on the calendar this this year. But I'll tell you this though, watch out for the juniors category. <laughs> Cuz Frildo is only 11 and 3 quarters years old. I don't know why you have I'll bring done my that. birth certificate. Yeah. I know. I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like that Jason Bateman spelling bee movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, you guys have any final observations from the ODO? I do. What you got? I want to talk <clears throat> about my favorites that were out on the table. Yes, oh, man. And again, I, I didn't spread myself very far because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as often happens, I mean, we've been going to the ODO, ODO since what, like 2009, eight, something like Two, that, yep. right? Two, and, 2009. Uh, with it, you know, when when they moved into, I find myself on the left side of the or the, or the right hand side of the room as you walk in, right, because that's where the aircraft row is, and um, you know, judging yesterday was 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 great fun. Got to look at various categories up close and personal, um, but even even way before that, you know, the notables that that were jumping out at me on the table, um, that Boeing three seven seven Strato cruiser. 
that would have been I was been just my, looking that one up. <laughs> that would have been my pick for for best of show because I just that thing just popped out and it just looked fantastic. I mean, and the Pan Am livery, yeah, it was, man, yeah, that man, thing just that paint hard. job was phenomenal yeah. on there. I don't, I didn't, I I never found out who was the builder on that. Um, golly, man, yeah, I don't know who judged that category, but I hope it, I hope it picked up an award. I'm not sure it did, but it certainly should have. And I mean, it was just, it looked great. I mean, golly, man. Uh, so that that, no, uh, that that was my notable, and then on top of that was the uh, the aircraft that did pick up best aircraft was in Avia CS one nine nine by Barry Numrick. That guy does one seventy two scale kits like you read about. I mean, yeah, his he's work's fana- fantastic, and um, I did judge that category, but it was unanimous between the three of us. I mean, we walked up to that table and, and like. You mentioned earlier, you give that that ten foot look, and you go. You can kind of eliminate this and that right away, but then, and then you get in close. And when I got in close, I looked at that and I was like, "This thing's taken first, man." You know. And then we went from there, of course. And and then when it came time for nominating best subs, we. I mean, that thing. I'm not a 172 skill builder for a good reason. I could not do that kind of work, man. I mean, that guy. Uh, across the board, man, uh, un- unreal. I mean, natural yeah. metal finish and that scale, it was just unbelievable. Riveted. It was a jewel is what I, you know, that was, that was the, the word that popped into my head. I was like, man, look at this thing. Yeah. And, and, like, and riveted. He riveted that thing. Uh, yeah. oh, golly, man. I mean, <laughs> it, it, just fantastic work. Uh, kudos to that guy on that. Uh, I, I mentioned Watowski's um, F-15 Earlier, mm-hmm. and, and I did I mention this? His Su twenty five just looked fantastic too. Um, yep. K Fab's FR two Harrier. Yeah, that's what kind of <laughs> I mean, that was. Just that's awesome, just, man. Yeah, that looked really good. So th- th- that's my that's my quick take on the show. My rundown. Uh, I just uh, I just I just hit Mike up, and you know all the pictures he took. Uh, you're right, Whitey. Uh, you said it earlier. He's just got a knack for some really good angles on the pictures. And I asked him if we could put them on the if I could put them on the model shack. He said share away. So uh, they'll they'll be up there here very shortly. Well, obviously, if they're listening to this on Friday or Saturday, they're already there. <laughs> yeah. but take a look; they're just it's beautiful. Yeah, I just I think that show is just I think it, it, it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And one of the things that kind of stood out to me was in the last couple of years, you've seen this particular genre grow and grow. And that was the Gundam stuff. Absolutely. And the I kind of got like 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 you know just like Whitey, I didn't get a chance to go check out everything. But when I would walk by, I'd kind of you know glance over at that Gundam tables, and wow, I just stuff is just amazing. And to see the following and other people that build those, and they weren't old guys. They were young, and there's a couple, you know, there's a couple girls there, so they were, you know, they get all hot chicks, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and the young, the younger crowd was a lot younger than what typically do you see in your aircraft and your armor and your cars and that kind of thing. And Gundam's just getting bigger and bigger every year. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love seeing that at the shows. Uh, younger people, um, yes. and I mean, when we say younger, we're talking, you know, the what. 
in their twenties, crowds in their twenties. I mean, we're all we're all forties, yeah. fifties guys here, and uh, you know, but awesome. And and yeah, like I said, the footprint they had there, man, outstanding. And then the work, and you know, when it came time to judging, and they had their guy over there. Said, you know, he had his team of guys to judge. I was I was happy to hear that because I I judged them before up in um what was that the Baltimore show. And I, I almost felt, you know, when they when they asked me to judge it, and I was like, I'm going to do these people a disservice because I don't know the genre. I don't know the subject matter. I don't want to be that guy. Uh, and, and fortunately, we had a guy step in who know, who does know the, the subject matter and was able to assist with us. And um, and, and that was a plus and a learning experience, too, for, for myself. Um, You're the Gundam judge. Uh, on. <laughs> He is. He's in. He's in charge of it now. Uh, if need be, then sure. Um, but yeah, again, though, you know, when you talk about like, you know, the, the IPMS mantra for the last, you know, God knows, twenty years, now, how do we get young people in the hobby? Well, that that's how, and that's where they're coming into, and that's where they're they're, uh, and that's what they're building. So that's what you embrace, then, I guess. If 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 you're the IPMS front front office. Then, uh, then, then those are your people that you want to be reaching out to. Yeah, I just, and if you look at the, the aircraft guys, you know, we're not getting younger, man. <laughs> and so, who's going to be there to carry that torch on? You know, when our when our eyesight fails us enough that we can't see, you know, to build anymore, and well, I don't mean, there won't be anymore. You know, we we had this conversation. I actually talked about it last night at dinner. Uh, you know, you've had that. Definitely, we say, "Oh, the hobby's not dying. It's not dying. Right now, it's in a boom. It's booming right now." And there was always a, a thought that maybe it is, but it, it, we're showing it's not. And and I had this talk with Gordon over at Sprue Brothers. It's not the hobby. It's it's the, the interest. <laughs> oh okay. yeah, well, no, it's it's the interest. It's the interest in in the genre, like military modeling. Not to make light, but I mean, it is the modelers too that are. <laughs> well, no, no, it's true. That's true. I mean, we're, well, we're all dying a little bit each day. But yeah. my, my point is, is it's the uh, the genre. You talk about the Gundam getting bigger, the Machine and Krieger guys getting bigger. Oh man, the the sci fi yeah. stuff, the Bandai, all this stuff is those genres are growing with the the new generations that are coming into it. Is the mm-hmm. older generations who like Frill? You said. Uh, uh, aircraft modelers, right? Yeah. We're 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 not. We're there's no more of them coming in. So it's really the genres that are starting to dip and go, you know, by the wayside. Well, not the hobby itself, if that makes sense. It's, yeah, it does. yeah. And if you, absolutely, if you think about it, you know, growing up, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you had Vietnam going on, and then the whole everybody's against Russia thing and the whole, you remember in the eighties, the yeah. whole thing against like Russia, right? And like, Oh, MIG, you know, MIG 21s and MIG 23. Well, you know, you so. just said growing up, you know, the seventies and eight seventies. Well, world war two was 30 years ago, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. was 30 years ago for us right now? Gulf war yeah. one, bro. Hell yeah. I was there. To your last point, so Whitey, you I was to, there. <laughs> you stop me looking go, Oh geez. Yeah. You, oh, you know, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and like in the, and at those times we didn't have the stuff that these younger guys have now you know what i mean the stuff and like so, what the uh, building materials like the, or the kits or no, what no, well 
well, one, we didn't have the kids that we have now, but like video games and stuff, video games and that kind of thing were not at the level in which they are now. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we were, we were busy doing things. And then a lot of this, you know, came from our, you know, our fathers, or if you had our family member that built models that passed it on to us and we just kept it going. And so I think maybe because the way that the times are changing is why we're seeing not, you know, like on our side, the aircraft side, you know, the younger generation getting into yeah. the aircraft and the armor, you know, maybe Top Gun 2 would, would help spur that guys would see that and like, oh man, that looks really cool and get them into it. But like, I really don't, if you look at a model show, I mean, and to like what Whitey said, it is the modeler. I mean, look at us. I mean, we're not getting any younger. For a, for, for a little insight into the Gundam world too, is it? it from a modeling perspective, check out the uh, Built Sideways podcast. Younger guys building building Gundam, talking shop on that subject. And th- th- I listened to a few of their episodes because I wanted to know, okay, what is this all about? And that's a uh, that, that's a great way to uh, to learn about it. Is is those guys? They do they do a good show. Yeah, and another you know another model that kind of stood out to me. At the ODO, which I judge this category, was that uh, the 30-second scale, the Havilland D9, the Wingnut Wings kit. Oh, man. Yeah. Where the guy's cockpit work, I forgot Mahler's name who built it, but the cockpit work was phenomenal. And you've heard the horror stories about a Wingnut Wings kit where if you don't sand the, the paint off of the mating surface, that thing's not going to fit together right. So the engineering on those things is just Nat's ass perfect. And this guy had turnbuckles running down the inside of the cockpit area. He had the control wires that went up over the leading edge of the wing that tied in to like for like the ailerons and the rudder bell cranks and everything. And it just looked, it looked really, really good. Yeah. That was in the running for best aircraft. It was, it, it was, was nice. It was it, really it, nice. It was in the running for best. And it, <laughs> we all went to go, you know, <laughs> to go get a look at it again, you know, because we were yep. we, we were now down to like three, and it was like, okay, everyone take some time and go review these last three, yep. and it was gone. It was packed up. Oh, yeah. Balls. I, I don't know who again. I don't know who the model was, but you know, I, we had all already got a good look at it anyway, and it was yeah. It was I was say I looked at it like four times before that, so I, that's yeah. why I didn't go back. I didn't realize it was gone on that last. Uh, and, last and, I w- and I will say for all the nominations, and I can only speak to aircraft because that's what that was what I was involved in any nomination for best of aircraft. Any one of those things could have won. They were all best aircraft. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it was I sad mean, that we had to pick one. It, it, absolutely. It was, you know, I mean, if it was, a, if it was like, <laughs> you know, go down this rabbit hole, gold, silver, bronze, they're all walking away with a gold easily. You know, yeah. the, the, you know, the, those, those what six nominations that were there. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, so, Whoever that model was, awesome work. I mean, fantastic. Uh, Here's a little tip too: don't pack up your model and leave before the award ceremony if if you can. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, because I mean, had that model been there, could have best aircraft could have went in a, maybe, another direction. Because maybe some of the other judges didn't get a really exactly. good look at it. Yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I know that like, we all walked over there and we were all like, "Wait, uh, where wait, is it? Where is it? Where'd it go?" <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> anyway great time i had a blast 
my hip felt fine. My feet hurt, but my <laughs> hip was good. <laughs> I wore comfortable shoes, man. <laughs> I did too. My feet still hurt. I left the Chuck Taylors at home. I, I, I wore the Chuck Taylors and that was uh, a mistake. Yeah. Man, 11. Yeah. I'll tell you, it, it makes for a long day. It's a, a, a fulfilling day. Um, model show days are, are just great though. I mean, up early in the morning, crack of dawn, out the door, uh, depending on your commute. And, um, you know, like, but w- when I woke up this morning, I, I, I was glad I didn't have to roll out of bed. It was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Just chill here for a bit and go have my coffee at my leisure. And then, um, uh, and then it was down, down here to, to unpack what I had bought and categorize everything and put it away in my, in my, in my workbench. Um, yeah. Definitely a great. That's what I'm getting ready to uh, do. You know, we all love, we all love a contest day. It's great. Yes. And Frildo does not get honey buns anymore. Yeah, on what's contest up with, morning. What's up with that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because because you're getting old. I get a physical. Yeah, <laughs> I get a physical. Yeah, seriously, I get a physical every year because I want to stay on top of like I get a chest X-ray every two years. I want to stay on top of my cholesterol, blood sugar, that kind of thing. And my last physical, they said, hey, uh. Your blood sugar is kind of creeping up a little bit. We've noticed that's gone up a, like a couple point oh whatever's since, <laughs> like you know, it's it's gone up since I retired. One so another beer. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> One so. another beer. <laughs> and so your liver's working. You know, and those God, things. Man. Yeah. So those things were full of sugar, and I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I know I'm not getting any younger, and I need to, you know, make some changes. I mean, we have a sedentary hobby. And so one of the things is like no more honey buns in the mornings. Good call. So, Good call. So no more honey buns for Frill though for a model show. Uh, well, I'm going to embrace my honey buns. <laughs> <laughs> Life, life's too short not to enjoy the small things in life, man. Oh, and I forgot to mention too. So our listeners, for those of you that don't know, are just finding this episode for the first time. If you would like to reach out to us, send us a, an email, a show suggestion, or just, you know, hey, guys, check out my stuff, and, you know, this is who I am, whatever. Um, our email is contact at modelgeekspodcast.com, or you can go over to Facebook and find us over on Facebook, and we have a group page called the Model Geeks Model Shack, and we want to see your work, so feel free to post your pictures on there, and let us see what you're working on. And again, if you'd like to join the Mid Killer group build, and again, you do not have to be present the Nats. Go over there and put your project over there. Yep. And we're also on the Twitters. We have the Twitters now. The Twitters. And, <laughs> and, and uh, we're going to get on the old, we are on the old Instagrams as too. So uh, look us up. Uh, all of those links will be in the show notes. And I think I need to go ahead and put that up on the Facebook page, too. Just links to all of them. So if you want to find us, you can find us yeah. on all the interweb places. So, Good idea. Do that. Who's keeping up on the Twitter? Because I'm not a Twitter guy. I just, I just started the Twitter. I just really? started the Twitters. Yep, the Twitter I'll do it because I'm on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah, I know Frill is a big Twitter guy. Right, the just Twitters, like Preds and Titans news. Yeah, the Twitter started uh, just about three days ago. Actually, I was asked, "Do y'all have a Twitters? What's a Twitters? A, a Twitch? <laughs> yeah, but I don't have a Twitters." <laughs> Anyhow, no, I went ahead and started up the old Twitter, and uh, yeah, so it's there. All right, all right. So Frillo, you got the Twitter con. I got, I got the Twitter con. <laughs> 
tweeters. Tweeters. You got the tweeters. All right. So before we put the pins in and sign the post flight card, I'd like to take this time to say thank you to all the geeks out there and to our great sponsors, Detail and Scale, Furball Aero Design, Bases by Bill, Sprue Brothers, and Tatamia USA. We appreciate all that you do for us, and we are thankful and could not do this show without all of you. So again, thank you. And well, that's about going to close out this show. And I hope everybody enjoys listening as much as we, the four of us, enjoy putting this podcast on. And we are want to thank you for making us a valuable portion of your bench time, your commute to work, whatever chore you're doing or whatever, and you give us a listen. And we hope you can join us for our next podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other, keep your sprues empty, and get out there and build something. Out from the geeks. See you later. Later. Hooray. Enjoy your weekend, folks. <laughs>